All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, talking baseball tonight. Got with me Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Stramera. Hey, good to be here. All right, a little housekeeping before I ask you guys how you're doing, because I don't care that much. Um, Red Triangle 23, find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Red Triangle Sports Podcast. Great review. Let us know what we're doing. You know, you know how it is. I got to start out every podcast this way, just so we can uh, you know, let you guys know where we're at, where you can find us. Um. All right. So, how are you guys doing tonight? We're three and a half days into fantasy baseball. Uh, I'm glad that you asked, Matt, because uh, my season's not off to a great start here in the uh, early going. Uh, three leagues and uh, kind of getting beat up in all three of them so far. I guess the one we're in in the ESPN is uh, yeah we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay in that one. right now. My other two, uh, I'm getting beat up, so it's been a little rough start. But we're only three days in. We're halfway through the week, and uh, there's some time to make up some ground. Kent Tomato just my made favorite it. time of the season because people freak out and start selling players that are good. So I'm gonna try and move in on some guys at some point coming up here pretty soon. Dude, Stein, we got five homers tonight in our ESPN League. Two from Correa, one from Springer, one from Ortiz, and one from Crush Davis. To go along with our 13 strikeouts from Jose, and uh, that gives us a pretty good start. Yeah, good good, de- good day for the spinners. Um, Alright, so, not, uh, Kyle, you talked about guys overreacting. If you were a Trevor Story owner right now, Dude's got four home runs in three games. Would you hold Would you or would you sell? How would you react to this four home run start? Man, that's a tough question. Um, that's what I'm here for. I, Hit you with the hard ones right out the gate. Seriously. Uh, I think I would uh, really talk them up to people before <laughs> I try and sell them. That's probably going to be my move. I, obviously, uh, he's not going to stay at this pace, but... Uh, he could end up having a nice little career. It's just you might be able to get a ton for him right now. All right, give me follow up. Give me three names you would sell him for right now, like so. that reasonable trades. Like, what's the baseline? So obviously, if you were getting a guy like Votto for him, you would do it. Getting a guy like George Springer for him, you would do it. But where? What's the basement that you would accept for Trevor Story right now? Okay, so we're talking like a top 75 player probably because Puig's probably somewhere in 50 to 75 range, I would say. Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked this question because I've been thinking about it all day and I was just thinking if I had Story, man, I'm ready to sell right now. Really? I'm ready to press the button right now, get rid of him. Um, His stock's never going to be higher. I mean, if you can find a buyer right now, I, I, I don't know. He obviously can't keep up this pace. I mean, he's just coming out of the gate real hot, but in the next few days I'm, I'm chopping around looking to see what I can get and I mean I guess it, it all depends on how your roster looks but if you can go out and get a, a number two starter or a number three starter or something like that I think I'd even do that yeah see I guess in a in a redraft league I would probably be more apt to sell keeper league I'm holding there's no way I'm moving him um 
and I think I would hold even in a redraft. I, I think I would wait to see if he keeps. I know he's not going to keep this pace up, but say through the first month of the season, he's got 10 home runs at shortstop. It's not still this pace, but I think you can still get better for him than you can today right now. Well, I think for me is, I think we all knew that there was a little bit of power there. There was power there. Mm-hmm. We, we knew that potential was there. Uh, I just think that we see this a lot. I'm, guys come into the league and, and they, they put on a good show early on, and then pitchers are going to figure them out eventually. And with him, I'm worried that his lows are going to be pretty low. I mean, obviously the highs are high right now, but I'm worried that when he when he goes into those slides and pitchers finally start to figure out what they need to do with this guy, that his lows could be could be really really low for your team. We're talking maybe a 200 hitter, uh, and something that that's really going to be detrimental to your fantasy team. It's got a little Devin Travis feel from last year. Um. You know, Travis gets hurt, and we don't really get to see what he would have been over the course of a whole season. But you think of somebody that was borderline to even make the team coming out like gangbusters like this, and that's what I think of just um, as short back as last year. Yeah, it's a good comp. Uh, I mean, I know we spent a lot of time last year talking about Travis. We didn't spend that much time talking about Story this year. Um, We weren't even sure if he was going to be on the squad, so... I mean, obviously, Travis didn't have this kind of pop. I mean, he hit a few home runs early on, but nothing crazy right out of the gate like this. But, yeah, good comparison there. Um, I, I think Story might have a little more staying power than, than yeah. Travis. I mean, I'm shocked that Travis hasn't found his way back into a lineup somewhere this year already. I mean. Yeah. Well, he's still hurt. Um, I don't know if he's when he's slated to come back, I think, in May. But, Kyle, one more question on Story for you. Um, if you were the story owner, getting back to that, would you try and lowball the Jose Reyes owner just for a little insurance if you couldn't move story for someone you wanted? Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, just make sure you have that insurance um, because with a guy this young, not knowing that much about him, I think I think what Shane said hit it. I think pitchers will figure him out. And we're going to see him plummet some. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine Reyes is going to be stealing some at-bats at some point. Uh, speaking of getting a look at someone, Ken Maeda starting tonight, getting our first regular season look at him. Looks pretty decent so far. But um, the Padres, to not sugarcoat it, have been downright offensive offensively <laughs> uh, so far this season. So... Uh, hoping for good numbers from Maeda. I know Shane is. He has him on all three teams. And on two of those three, I'm a co-owner. So I'm rooting for um, the Japanese sensation tonight as well. Uh, other guy off to a hot start, Robbie Cano. Uh, Kyle, you and I talked about him a little bit before Shane joined us tonight. What do you make of Cano? Um, how long can this keep up? I mean, he, he's seeing the ball well right now. Um, and when he's locked in, he's as good as anybody. So I don't know. I mean, he's he's looking young again. So not that he's overly old, but he's a guy that I had targeted in our draft. I missed out on him, um, and I'm wishing I would have spent that extra money at this point. I mean, I know 
don't want to get too far ahead. It's only a couple games into the season, but he looks good. So uh, I'm excited to see how he continues to play. Yeah, all day the past few days, all I've been thinking is I wish I would have went 43. Um, <laughs> plain and simple. I mean, I know I think I know we were, we were both in on Cano there in the late bidding, Kyle, and uh, obviously we're kicking ourselves right now. Would have been nice to have this hot start from him. Um, but to answer your question, all season. I think this could go. Um, obviously, the home runs are they're going to taper off somewhat. I mean, you're not going to hit at this pace all year, but when this guy gets locked in, he's he's proven that he's one of the best hitters in the game. And I don't know that the age really catches up to him yet. He's he's not that old. He's what is he 34? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so he's getting up there, but I just don't know if the age plays a huge factor for him. Um, he's not, not to take anything away from him. He's not a guy that kind of goes all out all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he that the age is going to really affect this guy. I think it could happen to go on all year. Well, we saw him hit seven homers in the spring, which I know we don't like to buy in too much of spring homers. But the other thing that's kind of gone with that here to start the season is that Cano, I think if I'm not mistaken, all four of his hits so far are, are home runs. He only has four hits. So I'm wondering if maybe he took just a little bit of an approach change and he's going for the fences and maybe taking a page out of uh, his buddy Nelson Cruz's playbook and just going for it. Um, it's something that the Mariners desperately needed was some pop um, to go with Cruz. I mean, they tried to add Trumbo last year and that didn't work out. And I think it's made them um, a much more formidable lineup. I like Seager hitting two for them. Um, I think the Mariners could be a little sneaky here after the first couple of days, just seeing the way they hit. I know the Rangers pitching staff isn't anything to get overly excited about, but they did, you know, bang Howells around a little bit. So for all the listeners out there, you could have gotten this information on the previous podcast when yours truly said, watch out for the Mariners. They could be a sneaky squad this year. That's true. So. I am not surprised you mentioned that Shane. <laughs> I can it as soon as, <laughs> I expect it to fall apart tomorrow now. So, um, all right. One other thing I wanted to bring up, just um, kind of a shocker since the last time we talked. Luke Gregerson, closer in Houston. Uh, can't say I'm surprised because the longer that they waited to announce a closer, the more I felt like it was going to be Gregerson. Um, I just find it interesting. I don't think it's a bad move, but I just find it interesting. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on it. Well, I'm glad I didn't buy Giles off you, Kyle. That's, a, that's my first thought. Um, but, yeah, really, really surprising move here. I mean, you kind of pay up to go get a guy like Ken Giles in the offseason. And kind of just in everyone's head, you're thinking, yeah, this guy's going to be the closer. If they're going to pay up for a guy, they're going to slot him in that ninth inning. And as it went on and they didn't make a decision, you're right. I mean, you had to go with the guy that was already there, uh, the proven guy. And I don't know that Giles doesn't take over that role by the end of the year. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know. Obviously, Giles struggled a little bit in the spring. Uh, a little concerning, so that's probably why they went this direction. Man, it would have been sweet if I would have sold him to you and then drafted Gregerson in our league because – that would have been just really beautiful to rub into your face. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not that surprised he got the job either. Uh, I think I think for sure, I, I, if I had a bet, Giles is going to get the job at some point this year. I mean, 
his stuff, in my opinion, is just better. Um, but once he figures it out, I think it'll be his. Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gregerson, you know, holds on to the job all season. He's been good enough. Um, but I think his stuff at some point, you know, could tend to a couple blown saves, and then I think it's Giles to hold on to. So, um, just thought it was very interesting. We've also seen some starting pitchers, some aces, struggle here um, right out the gate. Guys like, you know, Madison Bumgarner got hit around a little bit. Um, Granke got hit around in his start. There's a couple more. Uh, Kluber and even Carrasco tonight got hit around a little bit. I wasn't really impressed with Adam Wainwright on Sunday afternoon either. Um, out of the starting pitchers that got touched up a little bit, any that you guys are a little bit concerned about out the gate? Um, Not overly. Uh, I don't really like to buy in too much to the first start of the year. Um opening day and the first couple games of the year a lot of excitement uh guys are pumped up um some some weird things tend to happen i mean guys are over amped uh they're just off a little bit um so i don't really like to get too worried about it i like to see them settle in in their second third start and, and see if anything's really wrong um so i don't want to get i don't want to get too over overreactions here in, in, in the early going I'm ready to write off Granky. I just didn't think going into this year that he would fare well in Arizona. Um, you know, you talked about him getting touched up a little bit, and I think it's going to be a lot of the same this year. Uh, I just I don't like that move for him. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there that I wouldn't say the word write off is um, maybe a little extreme, but he's a guy that I clearly stayed away from in drafts. Um, he's a, I'm not a guy that likes to go out and get and pay for those aces anyway. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree there. The guy that concerns me right now is uh, Wainwright. You know, I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about him. 88, 89 miles an hour coming off an Achilles injury. I know it was freezing on Sunday in Pittsburgh when he threw. Um, but he just looked like he was he was nibbling. Um, and I'm just worried that he's going to get hit around a little bit and not be, I still think he'll be a good starting pitcher. I just don't think there's much fantasy ace potential there for him. I don't know that a lot of people drafted him to be their ace though. Um, I, I actually, I'm not that worried about Wainwright. Like I said, it's only one start and the things that we like about Wainwright are, I mean, Obviously, the toughness is there. He's the kind of guy that's going to want to take the ball every time. Um, he's going to battle for you. Uh, I, I think we're, we're looking a little bit too much into it right there. First start, coming back off the injury. Let's let the guy get settled in a little bit. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the, with the track record here and, and think that he, he can kind of pull himself out and he'll get going as, as the season progresses. The thing that, that concerns me is that Cardinal offense isn't very good. Terrible. Um, obviously, it's early, but... There, there's not a lot to be excited about so far with that Cardinal offense. So how much are they going to supply run-wise for, for these pitchers? I mean, they have the pitching to compete, but are they going to score enough? So that's concerning for me. 
They 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 desperately miss Johnny Peralta right now. They need like a five hitter, and he would be the guy. Yeah, the one thing I'm gonna keep an eye on, and I think you you mentioned it was uh, the velocity that Wainwright comes back with. You know, you, you know, you mentioned it was cold, and well, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't, but um, you know, if he's losing a couple miles per hour on that fastball, that's that's a bad sign. Yeah, and you're right, Shane. People weren't drafting him as a fantasy ace, but there are pitchers that were going behind him that provide, I think, much more upside than Wainwright. Guys like, you know, Garrett Richards. Um, You're just not going to get the strikeouts from Wainwright, and if the whip goes up a little bit, which in line, maybe the ERA goes up a little bit, um, I think you're going to be looking at Wainwright as more of a three rather than a high-end two in your fantasy roster. I'm actually glad that we kept Jose, even with the injury risks, over him in our one league where we had to make that call. Yeah, and we talked about this before the season, that the, the reasoning for that. I think that it's going to be really easy to flip him at some point in the middle of the year, especially if he continues to strike out a ton of guys like this. So whenever we want to cut the cord on that, I think it's going to be easy to get a, a nice return that we can both agree on, that we both like. Uh I don't know. I don't know that what we're going to really need so far. Our offense is pretty loaded yeah. uh, in that league, but I think whatever whatever we're going to need at the time, whenever we make that decision, uh, we're going to be able to get a nice return for Jose. Probably a little better than what we would get for Wainwright. All right, let's talk lineup construction here a little bit. Um, the three of us talked the last couple nights about some interesting batting orders. Uh, first one I wanted to get into was the Pirates. Shane. We were talking about McCutcheon hitting two, David Freeze hitting three. Um, let me just pull up the Pirates lineup here. So it's been Jaso one, McCutcheon two, Freeze three, Marte four, Cervelli five, Polanco six, Harrison seven, Mercer eight. That's been the lineup all three games against the Cardinals so far. Um, there was an article, Clinton Hurdle, talking about lineup construction. I found it to be really interesting and it's it's probably my favorite part of baseball is trying to put a line together with the piece that people have so um the reasoning that that they kind of put together in this article was jason is their best on base percentage guy that makes sense okay I'm, I'm of the thinking and the mindset that you don't need to have a speed guy leading off you want someone that's going to be on the bases more often than not mccutcheon too He's probably their best, he is their best hitter. He's probably their second best OBP guy. Um, And even with two high OBP guys at the top of the lineup, you know, at least 60% of the time, your three hitters coming up with two outs to start a game and nobody on base. So they put guys three, they, they put a three hitter in there, a guy that, you know, maybe if they have second and third, someone's going to put the ball in play, get that run in. Um, Marte fourth he's probably their second best hitter and then Cervelli is a high contact guy after him Polanco and Harrison are probably the guys that get shafted here by hitting six and seven but I really like what they talked about putting them six and seven when you have speed guys at the top they don't obviously get a chance to run a ton when they're running in front of guys like McCutcheon you don't want to take that at bat away so putting them six and seven, they said maximizes their ability to then run on the base pass. 
So I just wanted to get your guys' feedback on what the Pirates are doing because so far it's panned out and the lineup's been pretty good. No, I was watching that opening day game and I, I see David Freese hitting three and I immediately messaged you and I'm like, what's going on here? Why is David Freese hitting third for the Pirates? Uh, really, just really odd. And when I look at it closer, I mean, it does make some sense. I mean, it's kind of the way that I feel like I would construct a lineup when I coach the teams that I coach uh, in the summer ball for, for high school age kids and stuff like that. Um, you don't necessarily need to have your big power guys hitting in that three hole all the time. I kind of like to have my best player, my best hitter hitting two all the time. Uh, that's usually the staple that I go with. And that seems to be what Pittsburgh's doing, obviously, with McCutcheon. And then that three-hole hitter, I kind of like a guy that can do it all. Um, can, can hit behind runners, can can just do a little bit of hit and run, a little bit of bunting, a little bit of every, just a little bit of everything. Uh, kind of just a guy that handles the bat well behind him. So, I mean, obviously it's working out for the Pirates so far. So I, I really actually kind of like what they're doing. Yeah, I love to see the Pirates trying to do something different and not being cookie-cutter. Um, you know, a lot of te- a lot of people have you know placed them third in the division, um, including myself, and so it's going to take some you know risks to potentially be at the top of the division. And um, you know what they're doing is looking like it's making a lot of sense, putting those high OBP, OBP guys up top, and um, you know that's an interesting thought with the speed later on to let them run loose a little bit. So it's exciting just to see something different out there yeah Kyle that's a good point um I think the Pirates you know they don't really have the funds to go out there and add big name free agents so they've kind of been what they are as far as roster status and staying status quo I think we'd probably keep them definitely behind the Cubs and maybe even the Cardinals until I watched them play the last couple days um so I think you're right they had to kind of do something to shake things up and make their lineup a little more productive and I think that they're you know starting out the season the right way so um, I think that's a great point other interesting uh, lineups that we've seen Carlos Gonzalez hitting third in front of Nolan Arenado uh, in Colorado and then Zobrist looks like he's going to be the three hitter against righties he hit fifth last night against a lefty but the other thing that's interesting is Schwarber didn't start last night against Andrew Haney not a dominating lefty by any stretch of the imagination. So um, what do you guys, any thoughts on the Colorado and Cubs lineups? The Colorado one, I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. Um, Nolan Arenado is their best hitter. Um, I don't really know that you can go wrong, though. When, when Cargo's on, he, he's a pretty good, uh, pretty good option in himself, so... I'm a little torn on that one. I think I'd still put Arenado three, but that's just me. Um, as far as the Zobris thing, I don't know. It's kind of the same way the that we just talked about with the with the Pirates. I mean, he's not going to hit for a lot of power, I don't think. But you slot him in that three hole. He can do a lot. He can uh, he handles the bat pretty well, and, and you put him in the middle of those those big power guys that they have, and he can probably do a lot of good things for you. So I kind of like. Joe Madden's obviously a pretty good manager. I really like what Madden does, so I'm not going to question him on well, his motives. Well, here's my thing. When you compare the Cubs and the Pirates, the Pirates don't have a Rizzo or a Bryant. 
So I think it works for the Pirates. I think it's overthinking for the Cubs. That That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, we, we all thought that Zobers would be more of a, maybe the one or two. Uh, if not, then he'd probably be down in the six, seven area. But, I mean, obviously, Joe Madden sees something a little differently than we do. I mean, I think I'd want to get Rizzo, Bryant, and those guys a little more at-bats, than as many at-bats as I possibly could in the course of a game. Uh, if, I, if I'm Joe Madden, I'd want to put them up in the two, three, four area every game. So, I don't know. We'll see if it works out for them. Yeah. Um, going back to Colorado, the one thing that I guess when I look at it a little closer and makes some sense is splitting up their lefties and righties. They're kind of going back and forth there with uh, Blackman, Story, Gonzalez, Arenado, Parra. So um, <clears throat> that's the only thing that makes sense to me is maybe they are thinking in those later innings when relievers come in, they're not going to be able to bang out a couple outs in a row. They're going to see, you know, both sides of the plate. Um, as far as the Cubs go, I have to agree with Shane. I, I would, ex- I would think that Madden would want to see more at bats from his big power guys, but um, you know, I guess we'll see how this shakes up. And I'd imagine this isn't going to be their lineup all the way through the year. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get too hung up on a Cubs lineup because they may use a hundred different ones throughout the season. So uh, I just thought it was something that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, Madden's always a guy that kind of likes to do his own thing, go a little off the wall. So I feel that, like that lineup's going to change a lot here in the first couple months of the season until they get nailed down. Uh, while we're talking about lineups, I just want to throw in, I see a lot of teams doing it this year. We, we've seen teams do it in the past, and it seems like it's becoming even more popular this year. What are your feelings on a lot of guy, a lot of teams having the pitcher in the eight hole? Um, seems like there's, I saw at least three or four teams do it here in the, in the opening week already. I like it. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, I'd much rather have one of my players hitting ninth and have the chance to come up in front of the top of the order than hit in front of the pitcher. So, from a fantasy perspective, um, you know, in a 16-team league, we're going to have some guys that hit in the bottom of the order, and I'd much rather have, like, a guy hitting ninth, like I have Jonathan VR, um, rather than... Hey, let me cut you off real quick, um... Into my head, it just went yard. <laughs> Hashtag pitchers that rake. So, <laughs> I just tapped Cobb on the shoulder as you were saying that, and I had to. You have to look at this. Uh, was it a bomb? Was, uh, it was a it was a wall scraper, pretty much in left field. Look at this guy. Guy does it all. That's why I invested in him in all three leagues. <laughs> he is jacked up. Talk about batting order. He may be moving up. <laughs> No doubter. That was, a, that was a good segue into our pitcher's bat and eight there. As Maeda just goes yard. And uh, kind of feel like we may be seeing the uh, slow slow decline of Andrew Cashner as a fancy relevant player. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> he is bad. Um, this Padres team is just atrocious right now. Not a good start, and we can talk about Tyson Ross, I guess, now. Kyle, are you concerned? Come on, man. Do we have to go there already? Yeah, we do. Uh, I think you're a little excited to talk about it because you traded him to me. Um, but, I don't know. I I think I at the beginning I, I alluded to how I like to go and make trades because people 
you know, start selling because they lose their mind too quickly. Um, I try to keep an even head for the most part, and I don't, I don't know that I'm too worried about Ross. Um, you know, he gets tagged every now and then, and he did. So I hope, uh, I hope to, hope he just got it out of the way to start, and moving forward, it'll be better. Yeah, I'm not worried about Ross either. Uh, just seems like the Padres are off to a nice little slow start here, and the Dodgers are obviously uh, clicking so far to start the season. Um, I think once they get out of this series, um, start playing a little different competition. Obviously, the, the Dodgers are just hot right now. Um, I think Ro Ross is going to have those outings a couple times a year where, where he just doesn't have it. He gets tagged a little bit, but he's also going to have some outings where he's going to go 7-8, strike out 9-10 guys for you, so... I'm not I'm not buying into the worried about Ross yet. Yeah, I kind of I don't know. I'm 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 worried about Ross to the extent that they're not going to win many games. Um, and I think that that's going to hurt him. He looked like he wanted no parts of pitching <clears throat> for this ball club at all the other night. Um, I did watch quite a bit of that game because um, I wanted to watch Alexi Ramirez and Will Myers. I don't know why I wanted to watch him bat against Kershaw. That was kind of stupid on my part. Um, but he he did kind of get batted to death. A lot of singles, doubles. Um, but I just think that th this team is going to struggle. So that that's my one concern about Tyson Ross, I guess. You know, when you're looking, splitting hairs on guys that are high in number twos, the fact that he pitches on what should be an atrocious team uh, definitely doesn't help his case. I guess that doesn't bode well for us that we uh, have shares in the Ross and Shields in our Yahoo League. Yeah, yeah, that's a points league. We'll see if it works out, but yeah, minus five for losses. Don't see that ending well for those two guys. <laughs> um, other interesting closure situations. Sean Tollison got touched up in a big way today against the Mariners. Um, Keone Keela and uh, Sam Dyson right there ready to take the job. Any concerns there? And then the Tigers bullpen. I think I saw on Twitter someone called it a graveyard for closers between Joe Nathan, you know, Francisco Rodriguez, guys that they've had in Detroit. Any concerns with those two uh closer situations well I mean Tolleson comes in and doesn't record now today so yeah I mean he gives up five hits five runs uh, obviously there's gonna be a little concern I don't think they'll pull the plug right away um, Tolleson had a pretty nice season for them last year they're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt I believe um, definitely one to keep your eye on though um, has another shaky outing here in the next couple days maybe they make a move and I'm not really sure who it's gonna be though I looked at it a little bit today uh, I would think it's going to be Dyson. Uh, that's my initial thought, but I, I really don't know. I think Kiwa might actually be a little better than Dyson. I mean, I, I love seeing closers struggle because I never draft them. Um, so that just means there's opportunity for me to scoop some guys up in the waiver wire. Um, so I'm kind of hopeful that these uh, these two guys here just don't do well. And you know, a guy like Dyson is available in my league, so... Yeah, I thought about grabbing Dyson today, but I didn't really have anyone I wanted to drop for him. 
because I kind of think Alex Colome is the guy in Tampa. You know, yesterday he gets a win, can't comes in in a one-run game. They take the lead after the eighth, and then he stays in in what would have been an opportunity for them to hand the ball to Farquhar or Erasmo Ramirez if they were the ones that they considered to be the closer. So I think I may have have someone for a couple weeks here until Boxberger gets back. So that's why I didn't pull the trigger on grabbing Dyson yet. Yeah, well, Rasmo pitched the eighth and the ninth today, didn't he? For uh, I don't know if he got the save or the win in that game. Um, I know he pitched two innings. I'm not really sure if he got – I think he might have got the win because I think they took the lead in the – Yeah, he got the win. In the eighth. So he pitched the eighth and the ninth today. Um, yeah, I think Colmade's going to stay there uh, and be that guy until – until Boxberg gets back, uh, kind of kicking myself that I, I got the wrong guy there when we both scooped up some raised guys when Boxberger went down. Yeah, Erasmo was kind of interesting, though. Uh, kind of in the same same light as Trevor Bauer going to the bullpen. Similar types of arms. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. All right, what do you guys got for me after a couple days? Anything you guys are uh, wanting to talk about here? Absolutely. My Cincinnati Reds are 2-0, and and I'm excited. They're playing the Phillies. Yeah, come on, man. They're playing that weak sauce Phillies bullpen. Everyone knew that was going to implode, and the Phillies lineup is just an, another nightmare. Um like Shane said to me earlier in the week, a lot of similar slap hitters, kind of. And then you got Mike, Mike Franco kind of stuck in the middle of a bunch of guys that are all the same. I mean, it's one of the curses of living in the, the Philly sports area. I mean, I'm, I'm watching that Phillies game. Obviously, it's good for you this week, Kyle, um, with the Reds playing them. But I was watching that game, and I felt like they had like five guys that are the same exact player, um, offensively anyway. Uh, just too many guys that are just up there trying to slap singles, get on first, and let's see if we can steal second base. Uh, just not enough guys that can that can drive the baseball. Um, I mean, you're talking about Odebel Herrera, um, Emmanuel Burris, Peter Borges, um, Galvis, even Cesar Hernandez, Freddie Galvis. I mean, I mean, I know Galvis went yard the other day, but that's that's not going to happen. I don't even know who Cedric Hunter is. I've never heard of him before. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of the guy until I, I saw him. He was starting in left field the other day. I mean, I mean, obviously we knew this was going to be uh, a little bit of a struggle here in the next few years for Philadelphia. But you, you, you did say that you expect them to be back uh, back up top in not too long. So Yeah, I think, I think they're doing things the right way. Um, it's just going to be ugly here for probably two years. While we're on Philadelphia here... Um, as I was doing my, my waiver wire hunting like I do every day the other day, is this Jeremy Hulkson thing going to be a real deal, or did nope, I just get lucky nope, with one stop. Start? Not going not gonna to be a thing. Nope. I think it might be a thing. <laughs> I think it might be. I looked at him a lot as well, um, failing to pull the trigger. As soon as, soon as Shane did it, uh, I was kind of kicking myself. I think, I think I like it. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, why. I'll be honest. I picked him up with the intentions of he was the best guy on the wire that I saw as starting pitcher. Um, I picked him up with the intentions of 
you're going to start game one, and then I'm going to drop you the next day. And then he goes and throws six, six great innings. And I watched the whole thing, so I was like, you know what? I, I guess i got to hang on to this guy, see what he does next time out. Um, not married to the guy by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but he, he did have a pretty good year, uh, what was it, three, four years ago. Rookie of the year. Um, so there's potential there. Uh, just seeing if I found uh, found something or if it's uh, just a one-start thing. Shane, you don't still have Tony Sip on your roster tonight, do you? I do not. All right, good. One inning, three hits, one earned, one walk, two strikeouts. To, that's a Tony Sip outing if I've ever seen one right there. Yeah, he got the drop today after he did not pitch yesterday. Um, just... I gotta say, guys, I don't know if you've been following my matchup. I have streamed like seven guys this week, and they have all done something, and I'm still getting just beat up by ball. Um, I have like seven guys Chase Headley, Chris Owings, Angel Pagan. Uh, everyone's just doing something. I just can't beat this guy. Yeah. My team's just not any good. So, what's gonna happen? <laughs> Carlos Correa, though, two homers tonight, four for four. Effort uh, for the Astros shortstop. Is he going to be the MVP this year? I know we can't say that after three <laughs> days, but this guy's legit. I mean, this is this is the real. This is a Rod. Well, we I think it was our first podcast. Kyle said he could be a Rod, so I, I think I think he might be. <laughs> I watched watched a couple of their games. Uh, I, wa- I watched the first game. Watched him today, and that guy's just incredible. He's he's just so good. Hey, sorry to turn this another way, but uh, you mentioned Chris Owings, Shane. Um, be interested to talk about that situation as they, you know, we were finishing up our last podcast as Pollock was breaking his elbow, so we didn't really get to talk much about it. Um, you know, I I came out with the bold prediction of Socrates Brito getting the Rookie of the Year, and it's looking like they're going with Owings. You know, even against a right-hander today. So, um, frustrated to see that. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on how that'll shake up? Well, I was just—I was—I don't think Owens is going to stick. Um, I owned him a lot last year. Obviously, I kept him last year. Um, watched a lot of Chris Owens, followed him a lot, and this is not going to keep up. Uh, this guy is very streaky. Um, He'll do some things. You're like, wow, he's worth picking up here, but he, he's nothing more than a spot starter. Um, I'm just gonna try to ride him here in the in the early going. I just saw that they were gonna use him in center field while Pollock's out, and I figured I'm a little weak in the middle. I need to find some production, and I just took a flyer on him. Um, but this isn't gonna stick. Yeah, it's not gonna stick. Owings isn't the guy there, um, but I think that that definitely waters down your burrito prediction and pickup because Owings is going to take some time away from him. So, it definitely looks like a, some sort of a platoon. Yeah, with the Pollock injury, it kind of would have thought it would have boosted your Brito prediction, but if Owings is going to be taking time from him, um, I think that really puts a close to the fact that Brito probably will not be um, an rookie of the year. Yeah, the real story is if, if the Diamondbacks think that Chris Owings can give them any close to, to the production that Brito would give them. Brito's not good at baseball. So <laughs> that, that's the real takeaway from this. Yeah. All right, I need 
needed someone else to say it before I went and dropped him. Hey, if you drop him, I'll pick him up because Keon Broxton is dead weight on this squad. So um, let me know. Maybe we can work a trade out. Broxton for Brito straight up or something. Right, I'll take a fourth round minor pick. No, no. Can't do it. I'll be honest. I'm willing to give anyone a shot on the 2016 Jones Brothers. <laughs> uh, if you play baseball in the major leagues, you have a chance to get on my roster this year. I will lead the league in transactions. Um, my, my roster will be a revolving door every day. Um, and, I, and I think I kind of enjoy it that way. But it's yeah. not going to be good enough. <laughs> it's April, buddy. It's April. Ben Revere hits the DL today. Um, Michael Taylor now definitely an option in the Washington offense. What do you guys think about Taylor and you know what are your expectations for him? Don't all jump at once. Kyle, go ahead, buddy. I don't know. Um, frustrated to see Revere go on the DL. Um, being that I just picked him up in this league the other, I guess that was last night. Um, drafted in my first points league head to head. Uh, was happy to get him, and now he's hurt. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see. However, on the flip of flip side of it. Uh, Taylor getting some at bats because I think the kid's got some talent, so uh, it, it's good to see they're putting him at the top of the order, and um, he'd be an interesting guy to keep an eye on if he's in your waiver wire. Yeah, one thing just to add to that about adding him, if you are a, a guy that lost AJ Pollock, you know Taylor's a guy if he's available, I'd go out and get him because he can maybe help you in some of the categories in which Pollock would have helped you in. So. Taylor is a guy that I would definitely go out and get, especially if I was the Pollock owner. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see what Taylor does. Uh, there's a lot of potential here. And if he can get a sustained job and, and be in the lineup for an extended period of time, I think uh, we could see something uh, really productive out of him. So I'm pretty excited to see what Taylor does. Um, I don't know. Not much else to go on that one. Threw me for a curveball there. Yeah, he's not as good as Bryce Harper, obviously, because he's the best player in baseball. Um, you should guys see the hat that he had on the other day for his press conference, Make Baseball Fun Again. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> I missed that one. I'm going to have to go, uh, go Google that. They're selling them. I think they're $11, and they look about as stupid as the hat you have on your head right now. So, um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see you at the draft next year with a, a Make Baseball Fun Again hat on, Kyle. Maybe you'll see it next podcast. That, that would be sweet. What else you got, Shane? I know you, you've been watching a lot of baseball here the last couple of days. I mean, this has just been awesome. I forgot how fun this was. I mean, we got pretty in-depth in our football season, and I, we've kind of forgotten <laughs> about baseball for so long. I actually refused to talk to Kyle about it all offseason. Uh, I know that kind of made him upset. Um, and I just forgot how fun it is. I mean... Day, games all day long um, early in the, in the early going here it's, it's just been so much fun um, just watching Coleman through everything but I don't know a couple takeaways uh, that I've gotten is the Cardinals aren't as good as I thought they were um, the Pirates obviously look pretty good the Dodgers look a lot better than I think we thought they were going to look even though I think uh, that might have something to do with how bad the Padres are um, like we said 
Uh, it's early. We're only <laughs> three, four days into the season here. Um, not ready to jump to any conclusions yet, but uh, just fun to be talking about baseball right now. I didn't really have any specifics for you. Kyle, anything from your end? I'm just so happy it's baseball season again. Um, you know, I I do not like fantasy football, and I got in the fantasy football league this year just to pass some time. But as you both know, baseball is year round for me. I'm texting about trades, um, anything I can do to talk baseball. I want to do it. So uh, it's great just to have a bunch of games going on, be able to look at the waiver wire. You know, I got a couple guys on my team I don't love, so. Um, it's fun just to see what's out there and trying to make some moves and, and find that diamond um, in the free agency. So uh, just happy to be back. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about your pitching situation. You got a lot of moving parts right now. Um, obviously, Ross was disappointing in his first outing, as was Waka. Two of your three guys you're really counting on here to be a big part of your, your pitching rotation in our league. Carlos Martinez, I think he'll throw tomorrow. Um, Finnegan was pretty good today for the Reds. I'll, obviously, you'll hold on him. And Adam Conley is another guy you kind of prospectively added. But Rich Hill gets the heave-ho um, after his outing the other night. Colin Ray threw in the bullpen last night. It hasn't been a good start for the Stallions' rotation are you still just going to try and play the waiver wire game right now, or are you looking to maybe make some moves in the trade market this early in the season? Um, I'm definitely going to keep playing the waiver wire. Uh, I think my offense is good enough at this point to, to carry me. Uh, I think, as always, I'll be making moves for pitchers when the trade deadline comes. Um, I imagine... Those three guys with Martinez, Ross, and Waka will we'll put it together enough for me to have consistently decent weeks. And then I'm going to try and win all the counting categories every week. So that's usually my way about going with pitching. Yeah, this is such a stallion squad. I mean, this is just a prototypical Kyle Shamara ball club here. Uh, real strong on offense and figure it out as, as you go on the pitching end. And then bye 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 pitchers at the deadline, and boom, you're in the playoffs. You're you're one of the top teams. Um, I don't see it going any differently for you this year. Um, we're all just kind of trying to play catch up. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree that we're all kind of playing for second place there with Kyle. He's he's got probably the best offense in a 16 team league. Uh, that's really where you want to go with the 16 team league to kind of dominate the offense and. That's, you know, what Kyle does best. So I think he'll work the waiver wire the way he has to. And, you know, he's definitely going to be there at the end. Yeah, there's no question. Um, obviously, we know his strategy. He's going to be buying some pitchers at the end, and uh, that'll, that'll put him into championship contention like it does most years. So it's kind of the blueprint that he's done for the better part of a decade now. So I'm sure it'll work out for him again. Kyle, you I just don't know why anybody else doesn't try it. We don't have your negotiating skills, I think is what it comes down to. 
Um, Kyle, are you gonna flip over to the from this game and watch some Rodon versus Gray tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, I always think, love to see a good pitching matchup, and I think uh, that may be the best one of the night. Yeah, I think that's where we're heading right now to watch the end of uh, end of Rodon versus Gray. Rodon's a guy I've been really excited about, and I just want to see it kind of live in action. So let's wrap this thing up. Uh, for the, for Kyle and Shane, I'm Matt Kozlowski, wrapping up the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys uh, here shortly.